0: Nineteen minutes it is after seven pm.
1: We go straight into the world of money and power, and uh, we take a look at company news and uh, the latest happening out in the world of business. And joining me to do so is independent market commentator, analyst, and CA Snesipo Maninjwa. S- Snesipo, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, evening, Aya. How well? are you? I'm well, thank you. Can't complain, unjaniwen. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start, I want us maybe just to start off with company news and we'll come back to uh, some of the big stories out, uh, yeah, at Eskom, uh, well, maybe at Cerriti rather than Eskom, but also that's happening out in the United Kingdom. Let's first start off with Spur Corporation, the guys who give us John Dory's, Panerati's, Rocco Mamas and the Spur chain of restaurants. What do you make of their numbers? Looking a lot better, uh, even on the franchise revenue front, uh, than what we might have seen this time last year.
2: And yes, I think um, so I think the, I think we all know what the model. So they, two things have um happened in the past calendar year. Uh, I think the first of all, reference point would be the relaxation of um, um COVID nineteen regulation, which we really hurt their pockets in terms of um um revenue from a revenue perspective because I, I think we discussed this at the time of the regulation and part of the reasons why the restaurant industry was at an uproar for the, um, on the COVID-19 regulation. was fundamentally, a lot of people don't actually go out to eat. eat. They go out for um, alcohol. And that's what a lot of restaurants, it turns out, the primary driver was. A second thing that they did was um, they changed their... Amendment of the model, uh, in terms of, uh, the franchise, franchise support. Um, as you know, and um, so although they, they do quite a, they, they are, they are, uh, provide, um, franchise support and that uh, you buy individual franchises and they sort of restructured it to be lower in amount. Mm. Lower in amount to make it easier for the franchisees to stay in business because ultimately it is a, a matchup between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Um, thirdly, what they also focused on was um, focusing on more on um, restructuring their menu to look at more profitable um, um, meals. So I think, I haven't been to focus on the children, but focusing on changing the menu to focus more on um, high a margin products, mm. so you not you don't have lost leaders. So, um, part so for example, what would happen to most restaurants um, if you take the absence of alcohol? They have quite a few meals that they sell as lost leaders because um, they fundamentally know they're going to recoup um, the counter. Um, on your alcohol bowl. So they've looked at restructured the menu to be more optimal in that perspective because I don't think it makes sense for anyone to have lost in their other products. But it is sometimes things that you do do to, um, to bring um, for traffic onto the stores, but not necessarily the most. In the absence of foot traffic, that, that sort of decision tree doesn't seem to hold.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you make, I guess, of some of the other divisions here? I mean, I'm always quite interested in rock um mamas and what it is that uh, they've managed to uh, do there. If you compare, uh, I guess, full year through to June 2022 versus the full year of the same year through to 2021?
2: Um, Rock-O-Mamas, there are a few things Rock-O-Mamas. Then, uh, I don't go to rock mamas again. These are weird. But Rock-O-Mamas are um, introduced... Um, introduced the drive-through option, which I think really helps with their traffic. traffic. Um, and they have um, also focused on more to, uh, and to, to this is the time because at their primary market initially was the South. And again, within the COVID-19 regulation, a lot of people are not sitting down because of the alcohol, so they would say their primary market was focused on, but introducing drive-through and uh, partnering more, specifically being more deliberate in partnering with um, delivery, um, other delivery applications is something that um, they've done, as well as focusing on. Um, the customization, um, they had something called uh, design your own burger, mm. um, design your own burger. And, you know, I, I, I see the thinking, I, I see the thinking because it is another way of increasing your customer base and looking to attract a different um, clientele to your business, um, to your business. I think that's quite important. But it, it, it seems that the... the, the this change has helped, from um, just from a numbers perspective, it seems to have helped quite a bit. But um, I think time will tell. I think I think the last time we were we were focusing on third groups, I think even before COVID nineteen was um, uh, when they had a boycott from their people, when they had the boycott from their people um, regarding to how they responded to certain um, racist elements. And I think I think we we have long past that, and we're in a sort of a rebound era.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I guess the the other question mark is, of course, uh, some of the support they would given to some of their franchisees during the COVID-19 moment. Uh, as they wound a lot of that support down, that improved their earnings profile somewhat. Um, just going forward, I guess, I'm quite interested in what expectation you might have. I mean, consumers seem squeezed, cost of living, you know, crunch we find ourselves in. Um, not much by way of discretionary household income for many. Um, how are they responding to that and uh, seemingly starting to focus not only just on their sit-down play or people walking in, uh, but looking for digital channels and, as you said, for rockamamas, even the drive-through options?
2: Um, so, 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 so it, 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 as much as the consumer is under pressure, their target market is not parents with the shrinking wallets. Their target market is the children. Mm. <laughs> it's a slightly different, different... So yes, the consumer is greed, but that consumer is the parent. It's the, and parents sacrifice for their children. Remember, they, their entire value proposition has never been about uh, targeting the parents. It's always been creating an experience for the tiny human who will then manipulate their parents Mm, um,
0: strange, <laughs> you know.
2: It's quite simple. Then going into delivery and uh, focusing on digital channels and and take uh, um takeaway is actually going against the traditional market and it's expanding an additional market because the attraction for the tiny people has always been the play area is literally the play area and that is not you can't experience that in a drive through scenario. Oh, so it's attracting oh. a different and additional client base. And even when you look at the pricing in, I would say, uh, um, a Rocamama specifically, they're trying to go off their famous brands' as, uh, lunch, huh. competing in the, in the likes of your Steers, also your McDonald's. So it, it's a different type of, and Nando's as well, it's a different type of market. Picker, so they're expanding their offering, which I think is quite prudent and an adjustment. So and also remember, again, with the tiny people, it's not necessarily them not going; it's them decreasing their frequency of um. going. But I I, 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 live near a, a neighborhood, uh, and I can tell you every weekend that that place is packed.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Then I want us maybe just uh, I guess to pause on that particular one and uh, uh, maybe take a look at some of the other company news that came through, uh, bank group, uh, APSA, put out some numbers uh, earlier on today, gave some guidance to the market. Um, and uh, I guess um, whenever we look at banks, a few metrics to consider, but let's maybe start off with that top-line number. What do you make of how they've performed? Um, but also, more importantly, I guess, what they've done on the cost side of things um, and uh, also net interest margins as well.
2: And um, uh, um, they, they came up with the, 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 the the announcement this morning. Um, I was pleasantly surprised, and especially when we look at, um, we look at specifically what were the drivers, and they were. The key was on the back of um, fundamentals, um, fundamentals. Even if you were to um, take out the consideration of the provision profits, I think what was, I think what was very, 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 very clear to note was the increase specifically in the movement of accounts opening, the increase in um the the increase in lending, primary lending, um it it, it, it was a fund it 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 was quite a bit of a quite quite a bit of increasing. What I think also helped them quite significantly is that they had only a seven percent increase in normalized costs. Um in normalized costs, which made a very, very good control of their cost base. Let me just take you through just some, 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 some cure levels. Was um, Your loans increased by 11%, which is what most banks do. That obviously had a direct impact on your um, net interest revenue, and especially since we're in the interest rate upward curve uh, momentum. Increase in deposits, again, that actually is a very big function of um, a bank. I think. One of the a way to assist the health of a bank is specifically your, your growth in deposits. Of course, you had the adjustment of the provisions initially. I think quite a significant number of banks, particularly when we look at the 2020-2021 period, specifically they increased their provisions quite significantly. They have released some now, but which has helped with profitability, of course, because we had and um, late bank also deliver results last week. But... When you look at pure fundamentals, it, 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 it's looking quite good, and um, like it's looking quite good. I think, yeah, it's definitely looking quite good. Considering that most people's income has decreased on, an, on, a, re, on, a, on a real basis year-on-year, year, when you hear things like the positive increase, it, it, and, and, and it being on more than 8% tells you that they've increased the number of accounts open, number of active positive cash balances as well, which are a good indicator. What I, what I think is we, quite quite clear on is that they are, they're doing a bit better. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, the kind of turnaround story, they certainly haven't had a lot of good news in the last while.
2: Yes, I, I, think, I think we remember the uproar over their management, their, their untransformed management, mm. because that is a fact. It's not <laughs> to not be really disputed. It's not their untransformed management um, and uh, some of their boardroom castles with a certain gentleman who tried to become a chair. I think it's uh, those 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 things don't seem to. That noise from a, just a board level hasn't spoken through to the business, which I think is a very very good sign. Mm.
0: Um,
2: it's a very 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 good sign. But uh, we shall see. Um, we shall see in terms of um, in terms of the, the, where we where would, where do they land
0: land, land on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, here's another interesting one. I mean, you and I have certainly had this discussion before in the context of Sazol, uh, but it seems in the United Kingdom, it's becoming somewhat of a political hot potato, and that's a windfall tax. Let's maybe talk about what that is, firstly, uh, before we unpack what this is going to mean for some of the oil and gas majors and also uh, British consumers and households. Okay, so
2: fundamentally, quite simple. The price of gas for UK consumers has tripled. The price of petroleum has doubled, more than doubled, as a base. As a result, uh, you had, I think today, um, Aramco, Aramco published their results, and it is mouth-watering and disgusting at the same time, <laughs> it, it, um, I find just from a financial perspective. And as a result of the exit of Forrest, we're now in election season, and of course we've got politicians who are um, who are um, all trying to vie for Iran's um, attention. And one of the proposals being put on place has been um, has been the um, windfall tax on the additional profits most petroleum companies have made, energy related. Companies have made as a result of this price situation we have in, because it has been quite um, significant and um, quite adverse on the consumer. However, and this is what I say. However, a lot of this is cost at the same way, I view it as a wealth tax. Wealth tax from um, cost-based perspective, the cost of digging oil, gas etc has not increased by double, has not increased Mm. by triple. but the profits have. There's a level of unfairness about that scenario, about that scenario, that has been allowed to continue, that has allowed to continue, and that has um, resulted in a situation where consumers are significantly stretched. Now, (laughs) whether or not there's political will to execute on this is neither here nor there, because... As we all know, as we see the round pool of a wealth of a wealth tax now in, in our own jurisdiction, it hasn't received the level of um, level of hasn't received any level of real policy making. It's all posturing at this current uh, at the current time, and um, uh, it hasn't really it hasn't been really moved. So again lots of posturing, very little, if any, action that's going to take place, in my opinion. I could be proved wrong. I could be proved wrong. I'm open to being proved wrong. But when it comes to the politicians, especially when we think of anything that affects the rich has never actually materialized. And I can use a very real case study on it. So a few weeks ago, the Democrats post um, passed in the U.S. legislature, uh, a bill, new spending bill. The thing that they took out was the wealth tax. They managed to pass everything. They have control of the House. They have control of the Senate. They proposed many things, including um, student loan um, relief. However, the wealth tax, which is what who, which is what would bring in the most amount of revenue and would have a public positive impact on your fiscal mm. has, has not been impacted. So let's see, just so, a quick
1: one on that one. Do, do you not think that this one, I guess, I mean, in in that context in the U.S., uh, Democrats and Republicans surely on either side would, would have had some agreement about not doing a wealth tax for whatever reasons. But in this time around, I guess there are parts of the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom and Labour who in principle are agreed that uh, you probably do want to raise some money through a windfall tax To give some cushion to households in uh, what has become the UK's largest cost of living crisis, certainly since the Second World War?
2: They agree in principle, but who are their benefactors? Who are the campaign? No one disagrees. I I, I find it quite. No one disagrees with the principle. This is a simple, simple simplification of do they have the political will to execute on this? If they do it, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I actually I want them to do it because I believe in principle. I believe in the principality mm. of it. However, I'm a bit, I don't know, me, I don't believe politicians. I, I just don't think that they have in their interest, they have their constituency in their interest because fundamentally, like I don't, I don't see it. And I'll even take it a step further. So if you look at the background of the House of Commons and, where they went to school, more than two thirds of them went to private schooling, like, meaning from privileged
0: perspective,
2: an upper class. Yeah, I yeah. don't even acting against it. I, like I said, I, this is one of the very few instances in my life where I would love to be incorrect.
1: all, let's leave it there on yeah. that one. And just as we wrap up, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Ceriti. Making a further play in the renewable energy space, we do know, of course, they've been involved in one of the bid rounds already, and uh, known to many as a thermal coal exporter and uh, largely in that neck of the woods. What do you make of this?
2: Um, so it is, is expected. um, so they, so they bought an asset called Windlab. that's an, and it's an Aussie entity together with some banks as part, as co-shareholders for the transaction, um. If you look at what Ceriti does, has done with this transaction at an entrance, it's, it's slightly different to Xara. So, Xara has within their stable an entity called um, um, Synergy, which is a renewable, mm-hmm. which is actually an IPP. I think when we think of um, Xara, the likes Xara, and I would even add to and Siriti um, in this, is that we have to understand their actual business is not the product of coal. It is energy. So it is, should be why, within any energy available source, and then making a play into renewables um, makes a lot of sense because it does two things. Number one, it brings down their cost of energy, um, cost of energy, and it makes it more predictive because if we look at the increases that EFCOM has passed over, I think, the last decade plus, they need to say it's been that long, decade plus, they have been in excess of inflation. Uh, in some point, in some cases, multiples of the inflation. So having a predictive energy asset, it allows you to do that. Secondly, it also allows them to start entering... Um, they've been getting a lot of um, uh, flack specifically regarding EHG and the fact that coal primarily is still, is, is, is still even with the amendments... Um, the EU has made in terms of classification is still viewed as a fossil fuel, dirty fossil fuel. Therefore new money is not entering um new money, existing money yes from a ground field, but no new money from a greenfield perspective is entering is looking to invest in an One something I disagree vehemently against, but however, I don't control people's projects. Um, But it, it it does make sense from an ESG perspective to start looking at um transitions. As looking at from a transition from that perspective, mm-hmm. and buying wind land which already has existing operations instead of building your own in-house, which has, which is one of the um, different things that the other entities have done. Um, Anglo has gone from an outsource model, has gone to outsource model, of actually appointing ITPs. Um, all in-house um, is our in-house to an extent. Is our in-house to an extent. Uh, it, it, it does speak to um it, it, how we should we shouldn't be the necessarily just call and it's an, in the, they're in the business of energy whichever resource they are in the business of the resource of energy so um it, it's within their uh, mandate uh, also within their from a business perspective yeah. um, I, I i think it's a good play for them but I, i'm curious to find out um I'm curious to find out in terms of um, they've mentioned after a few megawatt projects I'll, I'll encourage you to find out which specific projects are they looking to and whether or not there will be a play in this upcoming uh, third round mm. um, which is closing in a few weeks. So um, it is, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's setting themselves up properly with it and partnering with the banks makes your life easier yeah. because ultimately <clears throat> it aligns interests.
0: Sure.
1: So this is what we're going to have to leave it there for tonight. Always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. That there was Nespa Maninjwa independent commentator, analyst and the CA joining us for our wrap of the top business stories. Just out of interest. Uh, We're we'll talking about the Spur Corporation early on. Have you ever wondered why all of the Rockamama's Mama's outlets are always located close to McDonald's? Just out of interest. Have you ever wondered? All of them. Everywhere you go. It's always alongside of Justin J. Justin. Front opposite or side opposite from a McDonald's. I wonder why.
0: Good evening, Aya. Good evening. Welcome back, brother. Nice Thank to you. hear your voice again. We missed you, brother. Uh, on the issue of Kenya, uh, there is more to more than that. Why the Independent Electoral Commission members were fighting? I think something big has happened there, but we hear because it's too early to predict what actually mm. happened. But uh, it's something that I don't know what to explain, but all in all, that's the African politics always such things happen if there is no uh, opposition fighting and so now this is a different story we are the electoral commission they are fighting the members they are fighting i think something has happened there and also our uh, yeah, our condolence to the family for the loss of one of the great guy the tkz member who has just died uh, we are with the family uh, yeah, the, my condolence to the whole family this is Mike from Cape Town. Thanks, brother. Welcome back again.
1: Danko, Mike. Danko, Mike. Thank you very much uh, there. And, uh, yeah, indeed, our condolences to the Shabalala family on uh, their loss. And, um, yeah, uh, I guess to your point on what's happening out in uh, Kenya, um, it's a very bizarre situation where you find the IEC of that nation divided uh, and split on an outcome of this kind. And I guess only time will tell, as I said uh, to little bit earlier on.
3: Uh welcome back Mbatan. It's Bravo. Sunday day in Cape Town. Uh, I saw Sichez galala crying on national television this morning. So yeah. Uh lunch but then I am coming with what Usine boy is saying with regards to the issue of politicians. I see that SARS is making money like nobody else's business. They are increasing their revenue, yet the economy is not growing. And that has to tell us a story um, that the, the, the country is being, milk, is being milked like a cow and I am afraid that at some point it's going to bleed and it's going to die. Uh, people are going to get fed up with politicians who take the money and go and do as they please and we have a whole lot of wasteful expenditure. Mm-hmm. Uh, without anything to result in anything, so I believe that we do need um, we do not need a policy change. We just need a personal, a personnel change, um, and that is it. I think if ever we can just focus on that, I think this country will 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 go forward. Thank you very
1: much, sure, Tassendi, Thank you very much for that comment, uh, Tassendi, They're out in Cape Town uh, and saying, look, uh, he certainly sees SARS collecting a lot more. Uh, And yet the economy is not growing. Well, I think there's a few things there. I think the one is much more favorable commodity price conditions than what we've certainly seen in the last while. Um, So a lot of those collections, I mean, if you go and check out the mineral royalties numbers, you will see how much of a surge there has been in that part. But also we know that the nature of that industry itself, large parts of it, Uh, are dominated by capital-intensive production, so a lot of people aren't getting jobs and so on. Um, And so the benefits are not evenly distributed across the society. It might also be that SARS is doing a much better job in collecting. I don't know. Uh, But it's certainly something that we might want to come back to. But I think the point of the windfall tax itself is that where there is a disjuncture or discord or disconnect between the cost of producing a certain commodity and the massive runaway prices, be it because of Ukraine, Russia, or whatever reason, um, I think a government should be well within its rights to do that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's not a new debate in South Africa, I must say. I mean, uh, in August 2007, 15 years ago, um, the National Treasury, after having done a review, I think, for a few years, um, then decided that, no, they're not going to explore the proposal of a windfall tax against SASOL. Uh, Ask anybody who makes glass or makes any other industrial product that requires gas whether or not uh, they might feel now that that should have been in place because they're reeling. Reeling. So yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear uh, those. Do share with us your voice notes. We're out there on uh, WhatsApp. You can reach us on our WhatsApp uh, line and send through those voice notes Zero six zero. Double five two seven three zero three. Let's take a brief break. Now when we come back talking about SARS, uh, we talk about Bain.